Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Community Matters here on 103.7 WEEI. I'm your host, Scott Cordishi. Glad you could join us. Community Matters comes your way each and every Saturday morning and keeps you up to date and in touch with many of the terrific things that are happening in and around our communities here in the state of Rhode Island and in eastern Connecticut and southeastern Massachusetts. And joining us this morning on Community Matters, it gives me great pleasure to welcome. She is the Wildlife Outreach Coordinator for the Rhode Island Division of Fish and Wildlife Outdoor Education, Mary Gannon is our guest. Good morning, Mary. How are you? Good morning, Scott. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Happy New Year to you. And I guess first things first, your full title, and I'm going to read this so our listeners can hear it, Principal Biologist and Wildlife Outreach Coordinator for DEM and the Rhode Island Division of Fish and Wildlife Outdoor Education. That's a mouthful, but I guess in layman's terms, (laughs) I want you to explain to us exactly what that means. What do you do? Yeah, so um, so principal biologist is really like the bucket that I fall under in like the state system. You know, we all have little buckets that we're placed in. So I really don't do any biological work. I don't oversee any of our biological projects. I oversee our outreach and education surrounding our biological projects. So any conservation work that's happening on the wildlife end of things at Fish and Wildlife, I educate the public on. And that's a variety of means through social media, through, you know, public programming, through writing. We have a quarterly kids magazine that I help put together and lots of other fact sheets and all sorts of things. So any way I can get to Rhode Islanders, I will, (laughs) to uh, tell them about our awesome wildlife and all the cool work that our team is doing. I work with a lot of great people. I'm very, very lucky, um, and I really enjoy my job. My background is in wildlife bio and education, so I combine both of those in my job right now. Terrific, and that makes a lot of sense. Thank you for that explanation. So we have a lot of different events we'd like to maybe talk to you about, and maybe you can give our listeners details on those events. And I guess I'll take them in chronological order. First of all, Wild Winter Tracking, which is going to take place on January 27th. Tell us about that and what it's all about. Yeah, so this is a new program this year. Very excited. So um, we run a number of outdoor or semi-outdoor programs throughout the year that are free to the public. Most of the time, they are open to families all ages. Depends on the program, but most of the time family-friendly. And this one was a program that has been requested over and over and over again in our feedback form. After every program, I ask people, you know, what do you want to learn about next? And everybody says, I want to track animals in the snow. And I was always hesitant to try it because I'm going, oh, I don't know if I can 
you know, make it snow, you know, on this weekend and like, oh, what are we going to do? And um, so I always kind of chickened out on offering it. But this year I'm like, we're going to do it in 2024. Um, so this program hopefully will have a little dusting of snow. And if we don't, we'll have some other ways of uh, tracking animals. But we're going to learn about all of the mammals that are in Rhode Island that you could potentially find their tracks. And a lot of those are fur bearers. So these are animals that were traditionally hunted or trapped for their fur. So that's things like raccoons, foxes, coyotes, fisher, bobcat, you name it. So we'll be explaining a little bit about those mammals. Uh, Folks will learn about um, how we're studying their populations in our state. There's a couple of collaborative projects that are happening right now. Fisher, and we've done one in the past on bobcats and bears and coyotes. So there's a lot of information that we've been collecting about these animals. Um, And people are usually very excited about them. And and sometimes these animals can cause a little bit of fear in in suburban and urban areas. So we always try to um, get people, you know, the more you know about an animal, the more you can strategize on how to coexist with them. And a lot of times that comes down to, you know, people and our our actions. So we're going to learn about those mammals. We're going to talk about conservation and research. And we're going to also get outside and walk in the woods, look for signs of tracks or scat, which is poop, uh, fun word for poop. Um, and then uh, we'll set up some trail cameras a couple days before. So even if we don't have tracks of animals, hopefully we'll have some animals on camera. Uh, we'll show folks how to set up a trail camera. You can do this in your backyard. You know, people do it just for fun. So we use them for studying these animals. And then we'll have some fun crafts for kids to do. Uh, so you'll be able to make your own track mold and bring it home. So we'll have some clay available and you can bring that home with you. So lots of fun. Uh, our fur bear biologist, Morgan Luca will be there to answer all of your questions about fur bearing mammals and talk about some of the work that she's excited to get started and continue on the work that we've done in the past. Well, this sounds like a lot of fun. And if you love the outdoors, and I think it's a great, great thing. January 27th, wild winter tracking. And I couldn't agree with what you said in the middle of that statement more. And that is, you know, I think a lot of us, you know, you hear bobcat or coyote and it, and it strikes fear in you. But I think the more you learn or educate yourselves about those animals and their habitat and, and things of that nature, as you, I think, said correctly, we can learn to comfortably coexist with them, right? Exactly. And a lot of times, I mean, I'm not saying like go up and like, oh, I know so much about coyotes. Now I'm going to go pet one. Right. Right. Uh, Like having a healthy respect (laughs) and respecting those animals boundaries and understanding, you know, how they can become habituated to us. And it's all it all comes down to food, really. Just don't feed them. (laughs) And and there's multiple ways you could feed them, whether intentionally or unintentionally. So we talk a lot about that because most of the calls that come to our office are usually about, I don't want to say nuisance wildlife, because I don't think of wildlife as a nuisance, but, um, you know, those those types of potential conflicts. Uh, right. Yes, yeah, so the more we could get out about that, um, the better. So another event coming up in about a month and a half, it's called Come Burring With Me on February 24th. Tell us about that program and what that's all about. Yeah, so this is one of our longest standing um, programs and wildlife outreach programs. I've been with the division for seven years, and this was like one of the first ones I ever put on the calendar, and it stayed there because it is just so much fun. So come birding with me. You might be like, why are we going bird watching in February? Won't we freeze? Uh, you know, it's on the coast at Beaver Tail. So yes, you might be a little cold. Bundle up, but this is a really fun bird watching adventure, and we'll be looking at sea ducks on the coast. And sea ducks are very special because. They only are here in Rhode Island in the winter. We are their like southern vacation. When we think of birds flying south, we think of them going to the rainforest in South yep. America. Well, the ducks that we're going to be looking at, they breed 
way up in the boreal forest of Canada. They breed all the way up in the high Arctic and they come here to the Narragansett Bay and along the Atlantic coast for their winter vacation. So it's amazing to watch them in the waves. They have some really cool adaptations that keep them warm and help them survive. So we'll talk about you know, what is a sea duck, right? And, um, and talk about some of the work that our division has done and also in collaboration with others to learn about these birds because we're part of the Atlantic Flyway. That's all the way along the Atlantic coast. It's an international flyway because birds migrate far distances. And biologists across the flyway all compare data and basically piece together a puzzle of what is happening to our sea duck species. And there's a lot of, there's a lot that goes into it, you know, like helicopter surveys and, you know, on the ground point counts and looking at how many birds are out there. And so and it's constantly fluctuating too. We're seeing there's, there's some conservation threats that are facing these birds, you know, in the face of climate change and habitat loss. But it's just a really great birding opportunity for people who have never gone bird watching before, because you stand there at beaver tail, you look out at the water, the ducks are right in front of you. They're easy to see, and they're also pretty easy to identify, uh, you know, oh, I can see that's a common eider versus a surf scoter. They look very different, um, whereas, like, looking at some warblers, you might be like, is that a, a black-throated green warbler or a pine warbler? I don't know, because they're way <laughs> up in the tree, and you're like, it's so far away, right? Uh, so this is really good for beginners. It's good for families, um, because you will see birds. Uh, you will be able to identify them and you walk away feeling pretty successful instead of overwhelmed, uh, which I really love about it. So we'll have binoculars for everybody. If you have your own, you're welcome to bring them. Have spotting scopes for you to look out on the water. And again, it's it's free. Uh, but we do ask folks to register in advance for our programs just so we know how many people are coming. We are talking to Mary Gannon from the State of Rhode Island's Department of Environmental Management here on Community Matters. Mary, I wanted to ask you about one program that's already passed. It was January 6th, and I bring this up because now's that time of year when, you know, you drive around in your neighborhood and you see people with their Christmas trees out for collection pickup, and uh, Mm -hmm. the Trees for Trout program, apparently DEM is able to repurpose old Christmas trees to improve the habitat for wild trout. I think that's really neat. It's something I never would have thought of. Yeah, it's so cool. And we, I like a huge thank you to everybody who brought in their trees. We got, I think, a record number of trees this year. And, and people just like shower us with trees. It's wonderful. Um, so we have a lot of material to work with. But this is a project through our freshwater fisheries section. And basically what they do is they put the trees along the banks of rivers and they, it kind of adds a little bit to the bank, um, prevents some erosion and and helps to protect the bank in some areas where it looks like it might be affected in the future. And uh, baby trout really love to hide in like shady spots and like, you know, because they're small and they, they're prone to being eaten by other things. So this provides them with kind of like a mini habitat to hide in the branches that are submerged in the water and just creates this little refuge for them uh, along the banks of the river. Um, so this is not, I'm not an expert in this. Um, I'm more on the wildlife side of things than the fisheries, but it is really cool. I've seen a spot in Arcadia where they put down the, the Christmas trees and it's, it's amazing the difference it makes in the, in the riverbank. That's really cool. So there's another event too that I know you want to speak about as well, and that is on February 25th, the intro to firearms for hunters. Can you talk about that for a second? Yes. Yeah, so that's through our hunter education program and within um, Fish and Wildlife outreach and education section, we have four like mini tracks. Uh, so wildlife outreach, hunter education, aquatic resource education, which you learn all about fishing and 
um, you know, fly fishing and fly tying. It's, it's awesome. Kim Sullivan runs that program. And, uh, and then we have uh, our volunteer program as well for ways for people to get involved in all aspects of um, our work. So hunter education is where you would go to take your basic hunter ed, um, your basic bow hunter ed, and that's going to certify you. You get like a little card at the end of the hunter ed class. That is, a, it's like a universal curriculum. So you can take hunter ed in Rhode Island and then you can go hunt in Massachusetts. Obviously, you have to buy your hunting license in Massachusetts if you want to hunt in Massachusetts, but you can take hunter ed here and go anywhere to hunt. So intro to firearms is what I call an extension class off of that basic hunter ed. So when you take hunter ed, it's like going to college and you take like, I don't know, you know writing 101 and you just kind of learn a broad spectrum of stuff about writing, right? And you're not going to be able to write a novel based on that, you know, writing class. You'd have to take more specialized classes to learn more. So basic hunter ed is going to give you this broad overview of everything you would need to know to be a hunter. But you leave hunter ed and you say, okay, I got all that information, but I don't have a shotgun. I would like to do pheasant hunting. I don't even know the first thing about caring for a shotgun, you know, buying a shotgun, uh, storing it safely, traveling with it safely, anything like that. So you can go to this intro to firearms class and our range supervisor, because uh, we have a public shooting range down at the Great Swamp management area. Um, so our range supervisor, Branton Elliman, will be running the class and he's going to go really in depth about everything you need to know about firearms, um, you know, hunting with them, keeping them safely, cleaning them, uh, the whole the whole nine yards. So that is a really good class for those who are interested, even if you're not interested in hunting, but just interested in maybe shooting clays, you know, sport shooting. Right. Um, it's a, it's a great class to attend. If you're more, if you're like, Oh, I want to hunt with firearms. I think I want to do um, more archery. We have a, a bow hunter ed class as well. There are so many other extensions in hunter ed that we have a great hunter ed team. Um, they have specific like uh, workshops on turkey hunting, uh, deer hunting, you know, cause turkey and deer hunting are very different strategies and you need to know a little bit more, about each to to participate in each. We have an intro to trapping workshop that's run in the past that they're going to be running again. There's also, um, you know, if you're not interested in hunting at all, there's also stuff for you in the hunter ed class, uh, like our land navigation class and wilderness first aid. So if you're out just hiking, these are two great classes that you can take as a um, as an extension off of your basic outdoor knowledge. Mary, lastly, and I think you've done a great job with this, two more things. Number one, if you want to tease any other spring wildlife programs, but I think you've you've mentioned some throughout the course of our conversation. And then my producer, Laura Minacucci, lives in Chapachet, so she is all about this wild game cooking class. Now, I know this year it was canceled, but... I think she would like to learn more about this. I guess you prepare people to prepare meals utilizing wild game. Can you talk about that? Yes. So this is a very popular class. It's been very popular in the past. So we have a guest chef come in and they will prepare in front of you um, a number of dishes out of wild game. And, you know, there's also, uh, you know, ways to process wild game too. So like say you get deer and you're like, well, well, now what do I do with it, right? What are the cuts? What are the, um, how do I package it? Our Hunter Ed staff also covers that in um, uh, some of the deer workshops as well. Um, but this is like pretty culinary, right? And like, what can you do with venison? A lot of things. So they, they talk about cooking methods and different recipes. And uh, Natty Prue, who's uh, in our Hunter Ed office, she's like super into wild game cooking, uh, has compiled a bunch of 
wicked wild recipes that are on our website that you can look at if you don't know where to start. Uh, as you're waiting for this uh, cooking class, you can peruse the wicked wild recipes that Maddie has compiled from the public. People sent them in and uh, shared them with us. So it's a really cool skill to have. I have uh, I, I personally don't hunt, but I do enjoy uh, when somebody brings in wild game <laughs> that is uh, deliciously cooked. It's always a treat. All right. So if you want more information on any of the stuff we've talked about, is the best thing to do to go to your website, dem.ri.gov? Yes. Um, and then you can, at the top, you'll see like our divisions. You can scroll down um, and click a, like a drop-down menu to click on Fish and Wildlife. If you scroll all the way down to the bottom of the Fish and Wildlife page, you'll see our upcoming events, and that updates every quarter with different things that are happening. And you're also available on social media as well. I've seen your Facebook page, Rhode Island Division of Fish and Wildlife Outdoor Education. So many ways to find out great information on on all the good stuff that you guys are doing. Yeah, we're also on Instagram too. So check us out on Instagram. Terrific. Mary, thank you so much for joining us and educating us on on some of these great events and programs that you and the folks at DEM run. And thank you for joining us this morning on Community Matters. Really appreciate the time. Oh, thank you so much for having me. All right, that is Mary Gannon, our guest here on Community Matters this morning. My thanks to Mary for joining us. Also want to thank my producer, Laura Minacucci. Most of all, thanks to all of you for tuning in. My name is Scott Credici. Have a great weekend, everybody. Be sure to join us again next week for another edition of Community Matters with your host, Scott Cordishi. If your group or organization would like to be part of the show, email us at communitymatters at weei.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.